Jesus. All hail to you, King Jesus. Mm-mm. Beautiful, beautiful. Isn't he beautiful? Oh, he's beautiful. We're beautiful. Be- I like that. I like all that song. Oh, I'm so excited to be home. Uh, yeah, Julie understands now what it's like to have worship in Australia. In this, well, you know, Bethel's great, but if you can often go to other places um, in the States, it's very interesting. The worship is different. All right, well, bless God. Thank you, my darlings. So, so nice to be home. Good to be home. Home is home. There's nowhere like it. It always fascinates me um, and how, God bless them, and I love the Americans, but they can get a hold of a song that's written by Australians, which is really funky Christianity, and suddenly it's a waltz. And I'm thinking... An echo. Well, they're singing all these songs, and I'm thinking, I know the, I know those words, but what's this song? And it's a waltz. And whatever the song is can be turned into a waltz. Doesn't matter whether it was a waltz or not. It is. It's just like, wow. Praise the Lord. I don't know whether you realise it actually wasn't written that way. <laughs> Australians have got a lot more punch to what we do with our with our words and our songs and stuff. So praise God, it's nice to be home. I don't even know where to start. I mean, Michelangelo, no? Leonardo, I mean? The Last Supper? That, that is almost as, Ken and I worked it out, it's almost as big as this whole wall here. And for it to survive, it's a painting, but it's a symbolism of who Jesus was, Jesus is. And, you know, they can't kill it. They can't destroy it. And uh, I think that's really quite fascinating. All right, I don't know where to start with you today. <clears throat> Let's open our Bibles. That's always a good start. Always a good start to open the Word. And I hear that you've all been spectacularly fantastic while I've been away. And, um, and the little preachers that we've got going on here are fabulous. Is that right? Yeah. Praise God. Well, it was my pleasure to see lots of people I saw... Um, uh, spent time with John and um, the Guatneys, John and Brian, yes, John and Brian, they, they're doing good down there in Mississippi, having lots of fun, I saw John B and Debbie Lowe, no, nothing worked out and it was supposed to, I was supposed to visit with them for a week and um, somehow our wires got connected over here and they ended up in, uh, where were they, London and Paris some way, well you could have invited me to that party, thank you very much, but um, they're really good. They all send their love to you, and um, it's good to be loved by other people, isn't it? Yeah, all right. Okay, Living with Purpose. That was actually the name of the uh, conference that I went to at Pastor Jerry and Jody, and they send their love, and Tina, and all the people that you know over there uh, very graciously wanted to be remembered to you. Praise God. So the name of the conference was Living with Purpose. Um, Let's turn to Psalm 138. My car decided to die on me today. It's been sitting there unused, so I think it's a flat battery. And I'm like, oh, hello, I'm all ready to go. Get in the car and nothing's happening. Really? Praise the Lord. That's nice. Whatever. It's just a car. Praise God. Just battery. Doesn't mean anything in the scheme of things does it nothing can nothing can separate us from the goodness and the graciousness and the beauty of who God is 
no flat batteries, no missing teeth, anything else that's going on in your life, you toothless wonder. Praise the Lord. God is good. Father, we, um, we are just so ready for you to speak to us, Lord God. Father, our hearts, whether prepared or not, Lord God, you can break in. So, Father, I pray this morning that your word would be an arrow into our hearts, piercing, Lord God, what needs to be piercing, deflating what needs to be deflated in our lives, Lord God, causing death to some things, Lord God, that perhaps need um, a death blow, Father God, that we might become the resurrection people that you are looking for, Father, that we can continue to fulfill your will on this earth, Lord God. Father, we're, we're here, we're one person, we're two, we're three, we're whatever we are, but Lord God, we want to put our hand in your hand for the opportunity today to say, God, what do you want and how do you want it from me and where's my fit, where's my placement, where's the thing that I fit into, Lord God. So speak to us, Holy Spirit, show us what's obviously might be evident to other people but not ourselves father god holy spirit 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 come to us today oh god um the conference was called living with purpose getting into gear i'm just going to share what i you know what i was involved with and so tina is pastor jerry and jody's daughter and she has an amazing way of decorating and presenting something she's real it should be an events management but um, and so she had, it was called getting into gear. So she had like the whole back of the stage was done up with all these decals of gears going like this. Um, and everything else matched. Everything right down to whatever. She can match everything. In America, you can just do everything because everything matches. You can go out to a, a shop and buy whatever theme and everything comes with it. So... Getting into gear, living with purpose, not living... Okay, we're on cars, and that's how a car works, with gears. And they have to mesh properly. And if you don't mesh them properly, the, the, the actual... Well, boys, the gear will break off. Have you ever seen that little old lady in her manual car? I have. Revving down the road, because she hasn't put it into second gear. She drives everywhere in first gear. I saw a hand then. I'm not looking. And the car is going what? And you just like, change down into second gear, please. Because otherwise that motor's just going to boom. Oh, no, I've, heard, I've seen this woman. She just drives around in first gear. You know, we weren't meant to be in first gear. We have to get first, second, third, and then fourth, go into overdrive. And you know when you put your car into overdrive, how good does it feel when you're cruising the highway and your car's just smooth down the road because it's in the right gear. Our life is like that. We have to have purpose. A car's got purpose. My car didn't purpose me today. But a motor has purpose. The gears have purpose. They fit. They mesh. And when they mesh properly, and the interesting thing about the meshing of a couple of gears is they don't go the same way. To work, they actually go the opposite way to each other. I've lost my notes. But um, the first evidence, first computer was discovered on the floor of the Mediterranean. You're going to like this. It was called a chirothera or something. And it was embedded in rock and it was some gears and they pulled it out and they assembled it and it could predict the stars. 
It could predict future things. Hello. Antithera, antithera, something like that. I left that bit of notes at home. I don't know where it is. I've written things everywhere. And so they put it together, and it was 87 BC that, that this thing was created in Greece or somewhere like that. Okay? So they could predict things from this. And we think we're so clever. And it's actually called the first analog computer. And it's all gears. So they put it together and it's all these gears that mesh together. So when we, we work together, even though it looks, it works in an opposite, we might not be the same. You can tell that, you know, when you get around Christians, they're not all the same. We don't want to all look the same. You don't want to all look like me. That would be a tragedy. One is enough. One of, a, one of us is enough <laughs> for this world. And so working together and living with purpose, having our lives meshed with God so that when, when, the, when the engine starts, that God has got us, our life, that our meshing with him actually produces power. We have the power of the Holy Spirit. But without gearing, without, you know, hey, there's no point having a car, driving it everywhere in first gear. You'll drive everybody nuts. And I can't understand, she must have been deaf or something not to have heard that poor motor straining, wanting to get into second gear. And I think sometimes our lives are like that. We're like, I'm stuck in this gear and I need to put my foot on the clutch and change something. Something needs, to, it strains it. It's not going to produce the best of what that motor is. So the purpose of that motor never, ever comes to its fulfillment. Oh, praise the Lord. I've heard that woman. It's just unbelievable. I think it was in New Zealand where, where this lady used to drive up and down like that. And we used to hear her coming. Oh, praise God. I'm going to read some Bible. Psalm 138, 9, 139, 13 to 16. Maybe my anti thing's here doesn't matter. You can look it up. I, I probably haven't got the name right. Whatever. doesn't matter. I'm, I'm not awake yet. I'm upright. For you formed my inward parts. You wove me in my mother's womb. I will give thanks to you for I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. Wonderful are your works and my soul knows it very well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in secret and skillfully wrought in the depths of the earth. Your eyes have seen my unformed substance, and in your book were all written the days that were ordained for me, as you, when as yet there was not one of them. God had a purpose. We are not some random event, some random occurrence of, oh, well, you know, how it works. We don't have to go into that. It's not a rant. You're not a rant. You've been thought of before the world began. So therefore, God's got a purpose for you. We are people of purpose. We did, God has determined that he's got something for us in our lives. And it's a wonderful something he's got for in our lives. I don't know, some of you get something I sent to you this morning? Did you read it? It's very scary. Now, I've been in Michigan. If you didn't get it, it's a new congresswoman uh, from Michigan who is a full Muslim. And um, she's, I don't know where she's speaking. It's a C-SPAN interview or something. Or there's a bunch of people in there. I didn't quite get to the bottom of it. But she's laying out the purpose of what um, the Muslim religion and people have for America. And that is to completely change it. Now, she is a congresswoman in government. That it's going to be changed from the law that they have in this country to Sharia law. 
so that they can all become Muslims. Now, these people are being voted into parliament and, or, you know, the government and actually speaking this stuff out. And I'm like, let's not be caught napping. Let's not just think, you know, because when you go around, okay, just, you know, average American, they really haven't got a clue of what's happening. Actually, I actually called it and said, you guys are having a civil war. And they were like, we are. We're in the middle of a civil war because there's such um, hate between this side of of, um, political belief to the other side of political belief, which is like a war between the nation. And if we can step back as Christians and look at it, it is a war. And when you see something like somebody declaring that this nation will become this, where this is our agenda, there is a massive war going on. And it's a war in the spirit for the souls of men and women. And we must come back to this all the time. This is what it's about. You know, we, we, can, we have a wonderfully blessed life and yet we can often forget why has God got us here. We have purpose to bring the truth of the gospel to those that are lost, to nations that are just... Wow, need Jesus. So our purpose, we've been skillfully wrought in our mother's womb for a purpose. We weren't just random acts of fun and games. And oh well, look what happened. Just something random. We're not random. We're we're purposeful. We've been created. We need to find out what God wants for us. Um, I had the opportunity to hear, of course it was a, um, a missions conference, so... What happens is um, Pastor Jerry and Jody's church support a bunch of missionaries, all right, through the Centurion program, which I'm a supporter of. I support them through it. So I was able to hear what, what's being done with a lot of the missionaries. So there's a young guy called Sammy, and he's in Mexico. And they've got a school teaching sign language. Oh, something you wouldn't think of, because there's lots of deaf people there. They can't communicate. They have nobody to teach them to communicate any, in any way, shape or form. So they've started a deaf and dumb school to teach kids. Um, lovely young man, beautiful. Another guy, his name's Guy, teaching the younger generation a business to raise money. He's in Guatemala, I think, and to be self-supporting. Jean-Paul and Josette, a couple of French people, they're, they're my age, they were old hippies, and um, they are in Madagascar. She goes to Madagascar. Who, you know, where is Madagascar? You know it's off the coast of Africa with lemurs and what's his name? King Julian, yes. But, you know, she was just telling us about the children there. What's happening here? Am I ringing? You like it? Got an echo. Oh, echo, echo. Um, and she's got 109 kids there. Now, that most of those kids uh, have been, she said, the children of this country are being sold into slavery. Um, you know, that's one of the biggest things. Actually, where Jerry and Jody live, it's, it's um, like the I 94 comes along and there's this big truck stop that comes off and trucks park. And they've discovered that the I 94, which is the main road that goes from Detroit to Chicago, is the main conduit for people smuggling. 
And so, you know, we used to go to the truck shop, truck shop, truck stop and have, you know, a cup of coffee and they've taken it away. Um, Just all looks innocent. Trucks going up and down, but it's not. The greatest movement of people trafficking is happening right there and then, right under everybody's noses. And and so... um, Josette's got a real heart for the Madagascan children, so she goes over there and, uh, you know, just, just catching up with what people are doing around the world. God is using them. They've got purpose, and you know what? They go because somebody supports them through the Centurion program. Um, they, said, they go to China, and they said, China under who, uh, what's his name? Lee? I don't know what the leader of China is at the moment but it is worse than it's ever been than under Mao closing the churches persecuting the Christians we just have no idea so they go there where else do they go they go to Algeria they've been in France for 30 years of course because they're French and they said they've seen recently more positive changes and more fruit than they have for for the whole 30 years Um, that's awesome Michael Lusk is a young man I support him. He was working with T.L. Osborne. Does anybody in the house know who T.L. Osborne is? Or was? He's dead. He was a great evangelist, American evangelist. Awesome. In the kind of 60s. and this I don't know where he was. Michael Lusk was at a conference as about an 11-year-old and he played a violin. And T.L. Osborne was having a great big crusade and the violinist that was supposed to come didn't come. And someone said, this young man plays the violin. So they got him up to play. And from then on, he became part of T.L. Osborne's ministry. And then when T.L. Osborne died, he worked for Daisy, Daisy Osborne. And um, now he has his own thing. And he goes to Africa. Um, he goes to Cuba. He reckons Cuba's a riot, total opposition to Christians. When you look at it, when you get around and have a look at around the world, what's happening, there's a great rise up, a great thing happening that's very anti... It's, look, it's an antichrist spirit. And we haven't seen a lot of it here. We did see a little bit of it with our election. But it's kind of quiet at the moment, isn't it? Because we've got a beautiful man in charge. But that spirit has not gone away. So let's not be caught napping and thinking, oh, we're flourishing, we're doing well, praise the Lord, which we are and is all good. But let's keep our eyes and our ears open. While it was the way the Lord said to me, be like the tribe of Issachar. The tribe of Issachar were men who knew the times and the seasons. And we need to be people who know the times and the seasons and not get um, complacent. Actually, I was just sitting there thinking this morning and I thought, what did I think? I wrote it down, not, not in this book. Okay. The world is militant. There are people who are militant. Just looking at that thing, what that Muslim lady was saying. There are religions that are militant, but the world is decadent and the Christians are reluctant. And I'm like, well, I've got to write that down. That's really good. It's got to be the Lord because I wouldn't have thought of that. Let's not be reluctant to face what's going on because there are people who are completely militant about their purpose. And we as Christians need to be just as militant about our purpose to reach the world for Jesus. So let's not be reluctant. Oh, that's too hard. Oh, no, praise the Lord. We've just got to love everybody. You know, Jesus wouldn't. Really? Let's just, we need to refocus on how he worked. 
You want to talk about Jesus? He was the biggest radical there ever was. And I haven't got time to go into that. That's another sermon. But Jesus did everything that was completely radical. Hung around with a bunch of women who paid for his way. Didn't hang around with women. You weren't allowed to talk to women. Women were just like, everything he did was just the opposite. All right, let's not get into that. All right. So are you fearfully and wonderfully made? What are you made for? You know, what has God made, made us for? He's made us for a purpose that we might mesh and, and get into gear and we might mesh with him. We might, uh, you know, sometimes it looks like we're in the opposite thing. But when those gears go opposite, they work properly. Let me tell you. Oh, I don't know what to tell you. I've got too much going on. Okay, let's have a look at John 4.33. I don't want to keep you long. It's Kitty's, Kitty's day out today, isn't it? They're out from upstairs. Yep. That's it. All right. And we got food. I think, what a great day to come home. You're having food. John 4.34, which says, my food. This is, of course, after Jesus has spoken to the woman at the well and the disciples come back because they've gone off to get food. And they're like, um, the disciples were urging Jesus, saying, eat, Rabbi. But he said to them, I have food to eat that you do not know about. So the disciples were saying to one another, no one brought him anything to eat. Did, they, did anyone bring him to eat? No. Jesus said, listen, my food is to do the will of him who sent me and to accomplish his work. That should be the thing that sustains us, not our earthly food, but my, my, everything that keeps me going, keeps me alive, is the will of God. The will of my purpose in life, the will of God. What have you got for me to do? Not just, I mean, we have individual wills of God. God has an individual will, but the will of God is very evident. It is to love one another. You know, it is to present Jesus. It just goes on to, I can't go into it today. We haven't got time. My food is to do the will of Him who sent me and to accomplish His work. Are we accomplishing His work on the earth today? That's what's the purpose that we're here. I'm getting old enough to figure it out. John 6.38, I've come down from heaven not to do my own will, but the will of him who sent me. That should be the most important thing in our lives, to understand what, what do you want me to do? What's my purpose? And just do it. You know? It doesn't matter. Is, is your will for me to be the person who brings the food on a Sunday? Fabulous. Go to it. Do it with all your heart. Uh, you know, Romans 12.5 says, We who are many are one, in, one body in Christ. And Romans 15.6 says, With one accord you may with one voice glorify the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. We have to get into that place of one accord with one another. We have to be moving in the same direction. Our purpose has to be... Why are we here? What are we doing? Let's work together. Uh-huh. You know what? I, 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 I saw that this year that my mother had lost purpose in life and it had caused her to go physically downhill. Now, how can losing purpose create that in her life? But it does. It took away all her energy. It took away her focus. She had nothing to live for anymore and she started to go downhill physically and was sick and had regressed back from what she had accomplished after her accident. She just And she couldn't even mentally, mentally she was just not happening. And I'm like, what's going on with my mother? Now, 
hi, I rang her up. I've been away for a month. I said, Mum, I can't call you for a month. It's you know, too hard. You've only got a mobile phone. I'll give you a few texts. So I said, I'll call you when I get back. So I rang her yesterday. I'm, hey, Mum, how you doing? Oh, I'm doing great. I'm downstairs. I'm just talking to so-and-so. And we've been doing this. And the next minute, she's talking to someone else. And I'm like, Mum, Mum, hello, hello. Oh, sorry, sorry. I was just talking to Georgie. It was going off. I'm like, who is this person? She has completely, people have to make an appointment with her. She's in like a care facility, but they have to make an appointment with her because she could be out for the day on a day trip or she could be down there at karaoke or, you know, whatever. And she's absolutely come alive. All the physical ailments that were assaulting her have all backed up. Her mental capacity is sharp and back to what she should have been. And she's having fun. She's enjoying her life. And... Um, She has come back to purpose. And when we have purpose, we have life again. So it's not that hard, is it? Purpose. I'm purposing. What are you purposing this year? Whatever it is, do it. Let's be purposeful in what we do in our lives. What's that scripture? I'm out of which version? Without a vision, the people perish and they dwell carelessly. Now, you know, we always get banged on about what's the vision for the year. That's not what it's about. It's, it's what's the vision for your life? What's God got for us? What's God got for us as a church, which is great, but what's God got for us individually? What's the purpose? What's the meshing with God that's going to produce that energy? You see, when it's a, such a boy thing. When motors mesh like this, when, when the gears work, the, the, you produce the power that makes the car go. It's awesome. I told you I grew up with boys and men who did motors and grease and all that. I'm a grease monkey's daughter. All right, 1 John 3, 8 says, The Son of God appeared for this purpose. What was it? Hey, hey, hey. To destroy the works of the devil. Oh, the will of God for Jesus on the earth. What was it? Destroy the works of the devil. The devil. Uh, Jesus was a devil slayer. Come on, let's pick up our... girl panties and move on I said that to someone yesterday I can't think who it was someone who didn't know me I thought oh they probably don't get that but never mind I'm having two cultured things going on all right um I don't want to kind of get into too much Galatians 6 9 says let us not lose heart in doing good for in due time or in due season we will reap if we do not grow weary So look, there's obviously a season. Jesus grew weary. That's why he was actually at the well where the Samaritan woman was. He knew there wouldn't be anybody at the well and he was tired. John B. actually preached this and it was fantastic. He did a great job. And he said, Jesus was weary. Read it again. Jesus got weary. So he took himself off to rest. But even in that place, the woman at the well came and then guess what? The whole town got saved. Even in the middle of being weary and being set aside for a time of rest, there was still life. It can't help but happen when you have the life of Christ. When we have the life of Christ flowing through us, it is just, it is a power force. So if you get weary, it's okay. It's all right. You can take yourself aside and rest. Because I said... God, I'm going to have a lovely four weeks. I don't have to do anything. Guess what? I preach more there than I do here. I'm like, you want me to preach again? 
Oh, you want me to preach? Oh, okay, all right. Yes, of course, I'll do whatever you like. Oh, we want you to preach again. Okay. Can you come and do a special meeting with all the, all the girls during the day? Okay. I'm resting. I can tell I'm resting. But you know what? Guess what? Because life was just flowing. It can't... People... When we have the life of Christ, it just... It enlivens us, doesn't it? Even in the midst of times of weariness where you're like, Oh, God, I don't think I've got anything to give. He goes, Have a try. <laughs> okay. All right. I've got... The, I think I'm getting something here for you guys. Praise God. He just goes and does it because he's so beautiful. He satisfies the thirsty. He, 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 just, he just inputs to us like, even though we don't think so, even though we're like, God, I've got nothing. You know, like, I just, I'm tired. You know, how, did you not realise what such a big year I had? Haven't you seen what I've been doing this year? You know, I came here by this lake to just sit here. Well, I didn't get, I did sit there, but the last night we had a bonfire um, by the lake, and not until I was on the plane a day later did I realise that I fed about 20,000 mosquitoes. Wow. I am covered with mozzie bites, and I'm allergic to the, whatever the mozzies they have over there, so the air or whole thing is just driving me crazy. So I'm sitting there on the plane thinking, oh, why am I itchy? So I have a look, and I'm like, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen, everywhere. They were hungry and they fed off that good Aussie blood. I thought, good on you, beautiful. All right, Father, we just thank you that um, (sighs) there isn't anything that you don't undertake for us, Lord God. Father, even in the midst of our our maybe loss or maybe um, weariness or misunderstanding or whatever circumstance we're in, Father, you say that you're right in the middle of it. And Lord God, we begin to realise that you are right there, right there, right fresh for us, Lord God, every day. Father, we just pray that we would realise our purpose in you, that, Father, we would mesh with you, that, Lord God, we will get ourselves into gear. Father, and, and, and allow your Holy Spirit to speak to our hearts, that, Father, we might bring fresh bread to those that are weary. Father, people don't even realise they're weary. They, they, they don't realise, Lord God. I pray, Father, we would not be Christians like that frog in the pond or in the pan, Lord God, when it heats up. He doesn't even know it's getting hotter and stays there till he's dead. And, Lord God, I pray we'd never be like that but you would provoke us we would listen to the men and the women who know the times and the seasons of what's happening in our in nations and around the world and that lord god we'd walk appropriately with purpose into those places that you send us lord god into those circumstances father you might just want to send us back in our prayer closet that father god we might war with you in that place for things that are going on father we 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 just thank you for all the opportunity that you give us, everything that you, you are showing us, Lord God, are coordinating in our lives. Father, we just pray. We thank you for them in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Mm. Mm. Thank you, Jesus. God is so good. Tuesday night, are you going to keep doing your Bible study, old bean, old cheese? I heard that that is it's what people want. So I am very happy not to be doing something and letting you continue to do. Is that good? Do you want to keep doing that? Go for it. Of course I'll come. Oh, you think I would miss that? Never, never. That would be great. Praise God.
Why don't you put your hand on the person next to you, on their shoulder? Is there enough? Yeah, there you go. And say, I love you. You're a person of purpose. God's got something amazing for you. You haven't even realised it yet. But watch out when it comes. It's going to be fabulous. You're going to be overwhelmed by the, um, by the power of God that flows through you and releases other people around you. In Jesus' name. Are, are you ready? <laughs> are you ready is what I'm saying to you. You better watch out because it's going to happen. God is so good. All right. Well, I think there's food on the table. There's food on the table for us in Jesus' name. It's nice to be home. Nice to be home. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Thank you, thank you. Lord is good. Woo-hoo. No more ballads. No waltzes around here. No three-step waltzes for worship. Hey, Walsing Matilda, yeah, praise the Lord. Yeah, very interesting. All right, well, let's eat. Thank you for the food. Thank you for the chefs out the back. We'll catch up with you. How about some music? Mr. Music. No ballads. <laughs> 